Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, your co-host, Spaz. Hello. Uh, we're doing an early morning show this morning, our time at least, at 6 a.m. Uh, here in uh, the West Coast of the uh, America. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm already messing up. Uh, but we're doing that because our guest is in Belgrade, Serbia. Joining us, good morning, joining us from Zero Gravity Games is, okay, here we go, Milos Zivkovic. How'd I do? How'd I do? (laughs) Okay, good enough. (laughs) Yay! I'm just going to call you Milos. Uh, He also goes online as ZG Smorty. Y'all may know him as that, so that's uh, your, your moniker, as it were. And you are the game designer and story writer of uh, Hellion, the game we're going to be talking about today. Welcome. Yep, that's right. Good to be here. So, folks, if you, yeah, it is, it's, it's very good to have you. Thank you. Uh, so, folks, if you're not aware, Hellion is a first-person... Uh, it, it looks like... Is it single-player and multiplayer? Is it just multiplayer? Uh, just multiplayer. It's a it's a it's a first person multiplayer space survival uh, game where you have to manage not only like just about every aspect of your own like survival with your suits, oxygen, and whatnot, but like there are these state there the, the like the stations and the ships you encounter have all these stations that you have to manage their life support and their power and. Some things have a power generator, and some things only have solar power. It's, it's really intricate. Uh, the video that I recorded that's on the background of the stream, uh, don't please don't use that as an indicator of, of the game quality. I'm terrible at this game, because I'm terrible at survival games in general. So, uh, please don't take my horrible uh, being flung out of multiple airlocks <laughs> gameplay, which does happen. Like three times, I think, in the video. <laughs> like, what did you expect, Brian? Uh, <laughs> um, but let's start at the beginning. So, uh, Milos, you said you've been working for this, uh, for Zero Gravity Games for a couple years now. Is that when Hellion got off the ground? Uh, yeah, generally, this is when the project uh, got off the ground for real. Uh, Zero Gravity as a studio was formed about two years ago in August uh, 2015, but uh, the idea for a game existed as early as uh, 2013. But at that time, it was more like a garage development, you could call it. Just a few friends uh, having a dream of creating a space survival game. But in 2015, we started for real. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I, I got to admit, well, the first time I got a key for this was, I think, uh, February... Many months ago, and the first time I played it, it it I have a slightly older system. Um, it's a uh, it's like an i nine with a seven seventy card, and it runs most things great. But your game chugged a bit, you know. So you know early access. So uh, I figured I'd shelve it for a while, come back to it later after it got optimized. And I gotta say, you guys have done a great job. It ran pretty buttery smooth on my machine yesterday. Uh, so well done there. Uh, so you guys have, so, um, you guys have been really working hard on this thing. So, so well done. 
Yeah, in general, uh, one of our focuses, uh, especially after release, was uh, fixing all the inevitable bugs. Uh, most of them are squashed by now. Some of them still persist. But one of the biggest uh, things we had to work on was general optimization. There's still a lot of work to do, but as I said, the game runs a lot smoother at this point, of course. It really does. What is the, uh, what's the engine you guys are using? Uh, we're using Unity Engine. Um, that's what uh, the most guys at the company are proficient with. And so far, it offered us decent amount of flexibility and it allowed us to create Hellion. So, Unity. I have to say, um, one of the great things about Unity is when it's, done, it's, when it's developed well... Uh, you don't you don't realize it's Unity. Uh, like Unity, uh, another developer told us this. Unity gets a bad rap because a lot of crap games that are made with Unity, uh, they use the free version, which doesn't get rid of the, um, the 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 splash screen. You know, uh, but when you're a pro and you're using the uh, the good ver- the the full version, you know, you don't you might you don't even realize it's Unity. So well done. I didn't know this is Unity at all. Uh, Cause, cause we, Unity is a decent engine in general. It just comes down to how skilled and uh, how proficient the person working in it is. That's just what it comes down to. Most people say what you say because uh, a lot of the games uh, done in Unity, Unity is easy to get into. It's noob-friendly, you could say. And uh, there's a lot of uh, people putting out games, you know, without... That's, that's, I wouldn't say without proper experience, but you see a lot of those uh, self-developed games out there, and that's probably why it gets so much bad rap. But as you said, when it's done properly, it's done properly. Exactly. So did, did you, had you guys worked on any games before this, uh, either as a team or uh, individually? Had you guys made any games before this? Uh, guys from the studio earlier worked as uh, mostly as freelancers, so it would be like... Uh, on contract jobs for uh, web browser games and stuff like that. But no, Hellion would be a first proper game we've decided to make. Wow. And um, so let's, let's, let's talk about the game. Basically, uh, you, you wake up, at uh, the very start of the game, you wake up on a uh, space station in this... Uh, the system is called Hellion that you're in. That's where the name of the game comes from, right? That's the name of the area of space you're in, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, yeah, it's the name of the system and the name of a star. Uh, the idea is you wake up after this uh, kind of a failed colonization uh, mission. It took like 100 years to travel from Earth to Hellion. They picked it as a destination. You were supposed to wake up in a man-made paradise, but apparently, as it usually goes, somewhere along the lines, something went wrong, and now you're waking up in a station that's Practically barely working, and the system is falling apart. Right, and uh, I really liked how um, the uh, tutorial was... uh, I have to admit the tutorial was almost a little too seamless, because I missed the part where it it told you how to uh, refill your oxygen. So somehow I missed that and never got around to doing it. Uh, But for the most part, it it was... pretty straightforward which is great for a game that is pretty complex really this is a pretty complex uh game i mean you have full zero gravity and everything it's 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 really insane so what uh is the purpose just survival is there going to be a story uh to it is is there is there going to be like besides survival are there other are there other goals uh besides survival and like messing with other players are there other goals (laughs) 
uh, yes, uh, there will be. Story will play a big part in Hellion. Uh, we are still working on properly implementing uh, all the mechanics that would be necessary to tell it in a way that we want to do so. And uh, Hellion will not be exactly story-driven, but there will be a lot of background lore, a lot of information that will eventually lead players to certain conclusions uh, and let them actually discover what went wrong and... Uh, Generally, how to uh, to understand what exactly happened in the Hellion system, but as I said, uh, it's not fully implemented yet. Uh, we only had bits and pieces so far, but uh, it's definitely planned to introduce something, as you said, more than just a survival and multiplayer element. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, you're, I mean, you're still in alpha, is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. We're still pretty early in the development, and uh, wow. we're still working on it, basically. I got to say, for an alpha, it seemed really, really stable. I did have one crash when I was looking at the glossary, and I tried to go back into the game, and it crashed. Um, but besides that, it ran really well. And I I would I would have thought, I mean, this, oh my god, sorry, early in the morning, folks. Uh, yeah, this is, I would not have thought this was just an alpha, you know? I thought, it felt like a further along game than that. You know what I mean? So, uh, well done there. Um, so, uh, you guys went uh, on Steam, like, public alpha, like, earlier this year, right? If I'm remembering correctly? Was it earlier this yeah, year? Yeah, it was in February. <laughs> right, around February. And how has that been going for you guys? How are you guys finding the community and, and or the early access process in, uh, in general? Well, it's, uh, it's actually pretty interesting, Uh in general, you know, the community, the people that uh, really got into the game, despite many of its faults, especially during the first few days, uh, they really show, showed the enormous support, enormous enthusiasm for the game in general. So uh, we found that there, we found ourselves relying more and more on community feedback. And that's kind of the basics of any early access model. And we're really, really liking it so far. Yeah, that that is great because uh, I see a lot of I see some developers don't handle early access well, and uh, they're in a, they're either in early access too long, and they don't they're not communicative enough, you know that sort of thing, um, or a little that, of both. Yeah, or both. But you guys don't seem to have that issue. I was looking at your forums, and they seem pretty active, and you guys seem pretty uh, pretty on point with responses. So that's super important if you're a developer, by the way, and listening. But also, that's really good that you guys are uh, being very active with the community, because that can go such a long way toward uh, fostering goodwill, you know? Yeah, well, in general, when we started uh, started out, first, we had a lot of what you could call, like, experimental gameplay concepts, especially the uh, full Newtonian physics and orbital mechanics, and uh, we didn't really, weren't really sure how well the community would uh, accept, how our players around the world would accept these features because they're not commonly found in uh, many games. But so far, it's been pretty good. We've been listening to the community, especially, you know, certain complaints or suggestions for improvements. And all I can say is that the game is much better for it. Uh, we have a question from uh, the YouTube chat. How many people are on the team uh, working on this? 
at the moment, we have uh, nine people that are representing the core of our team. But over the course of the game, we had uh, up to 30 people working on a project at one point. Oh we my always gosh. have people who are uh, showing up, helping us out, you know, or uh, just here uh, on an, like, what would you call it, like an interim status, stuff like that. But generally, the core is uh, nine people. And as I said, we had like 30 plus over the course of the development. Oh, that's 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 a good sized development team, and it kind of shows because this does uh, seem like a pretty quality product. Even though, again, I am terrible at it. Again, folks, don't take the video uh, as an indicator of the quality of the game. No, I'm just horrible at it, <laughs> I, and I'm I'm really so bad at it. Um, but eventually, uh, you are going to have, and we didn't get, I didn't get to this yet, but there are going to be spaceships. Now, uh, are the ships pre-made, or do you have to build them? Uh, how do uh, ships come into the game? Uh, at the moment, you actually have one ship uh, outside of your uh, station when you start. Uh, this is basically how you move around the system. Uh, the ship is definitely pre-designed and pre-made. Uh, we currently have only one ship in the game, and uh, it serves as a utility vessel that uh, helps you locate... Uh, other modules at other spots in the orbits, and it also helps you to tow all those modules back to your base so you can uh, start assembling and docking different modules and generally expanding your base. Oh, okay. I must not have realized... Well, I, I must not have realized one of those things outside was a ship. And uh, by the way, I said this earlier, but I wanted to just say it live. Your game did such a good job um, twinging my fear of heights... Uh, I actually had, like, serious, like, my chest was tightening at one point. Like, when I got blown away from one of the stations because of the decompression, I I seriously started getting anxiety. Like, I ser- like, like not a pan- not a full-blown, like, panic attack, but it really, like, kicked in that fear of heights and whatnot. That re- makes me refuse to watch gravity. So, uh, well done. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, that was that was one of the uh, general ideas uh, behind uh, creating Hellion. Uh, we didn't want to create like your uh, run-of-the-mill sci-fi story with uh, metallic textures and neon blue lights and stuff like that. We wanted to go into a more realistic feel, you know, and uh, actually let players experience space the way it the way it is. So, yes, getting flung out of the airlock and slowly running out of resources can be quite a horrifying experience, actually. I got to be honest. It's great I, for the immersion. It's, it's <laughs> great that. for immersion. But I got to be honest, even watching the the video uh, that I took is actually making me a little whew right now. I'm not even kidding. It's like, oh, boy, I shouldn't wa- I shouldn't be watching the OBS right now because, <laughs> oh, gosh, uh, whew, I'm not even kidding. Wow. Good job on that, because, oh boy, okay, I'm just going to cover half of my face and not look at the, not look at my second monitor right now. Okay, money can't be that bad, eh? It's, no, I, I have a serious fear of terrible, terrifying fear of heights, terrifying fear. And so your game did, a again, great job. And that is, that is really a testament to how good the game is, uh, because, damn... Uh, oh, we have another question. I, I don't know how serious this one is. Uh, ask, ask Smorty where the rail guns are. This is from Timothy Scott over on uh, YouTube. Is that an inside joke? <laughs> 
Well, I'm not sure what he means. Uh, most of the weapons in the uh, Hellion uh, system in the game are basically railguns. So your rifles are essentially railguns. Your uh, pistols are railguns. Sentries are also railguns. However, if he's asking about uh, ship, ship-based ship weaponry, uh, these are not in the game yet. Oh, but they're going to be. So, you, so oh, so could you, like, get on a ship that will eventually have weapons and, like, rip someone else's station apart with them in it? Uh, we're still working on uh, some of these mechanics. Uh, one problem that we ran out into, ran into is uh, how to reconcile full Newtonian flight model along with full orbital mechanics and space combat. Uh, it may sound like simple and easy, but uh, it's it's kind of a little difficult. You know, it's uh, tough not to crack. We have some ideas, and we're working on these. Uh, but in general, uh, ship weapons are still not in the game. But as I said, we're working on a few different things, and uh, they will probably enter the game at a certain point in the development. Right, of course. I mean, you guys, like, how long you, like, what is your roadmap looking like? Like, do you have any idea when you'll hit beta? Do you have any idea when you'll hit release, uh, for example? Uh, in general, uh, our original plan was uh, after the early access release in Steam that happened in February this year, we planned to have about a year and a half for development until we hit, like, a full release. However, based on the uh, community feedback, and as I said, it, there's a lot of it. Uh, we started kind of changing our roadmap slightly, and uh, at this point, it's looking like it might be more than a year and a half. Uh, still not sure exactly how much, but uh, there's a lot of very good suggestions, very good uh, gameplay ideas coming from the community, and uh, we are still working on finding a proper way into implementing many of these features as we go along. It does make more sense to take it take it take your time with it take it take the time you need to do it right because you can only go to full release once and the mm. state you release in that's that's what people are going to see if you're if you're yeah. in a, in a early access for 2 years but you release very well then people are going to be much more forgiving than if you try to push to the year and a half point release early and people will say well you needed more time in the oven to get it right yep Yep, exactly. Well, those are our thoughts, exactly. Uh, we yeah. still are working, especially on getting this uh, space feel part right. So we want to make space a little bit more deadly than it already more is. More deadly? So- are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Maybe, maybe a tad more deadly. Oh my god! Let's see. Let's let's not say deadly. Let's say uh, more challenging. That's it. I was gonna say because I died real fast. <laughs> I, I think I lasted sixteen minutes before I died because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, that's how long your oxygen runs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was really funny, actually. I just when I, when my character died, I just laughed. I'm like you're an idiot, Ruben. You're such an idiot. Uh, but yeah, Spaz has the right of it. Like, especially with... Because the survival genre is um, is a bit crowded right now. And and space is also shockingly crowded. So one of the ways to differentiate yourself, we have found, is to um, really have a solid release. Like, there's a game that just came out, I won't mention its name, that was in early access for one month. And... Uh, I was shocked when they went to release, and their game is 
doesn't feel anywhere near complete, like at all. And because it, because they went to release, I had to be honest and when and review it. And I was I was kind of savage, you know. Uh, but they deserved it. So yeah, take your time. <laughs> take your time to do it right, as the song says. Well, as I said, uh, that's that's part of our plan. We do not want to uh, kind of push half-baked or unfinished features into the game. Uh, we're going into optimization. We're testing the features extensively at this point. We're working with the community. They're helping us uh, test out many of the ideas. They often come up with certain ideas that we may have missed, you know, and uh, it's actually a very... And uh, our idea is to release a with most of its uh, core mechanics fully fleshed out, fully finished to actually give players, uh, how should we put it, um, a lot of fun for the money that they're putting up front for the game. Uh, what would you um, what would you say are some of the either best or most surprising ideas you've gotten from the community so far? Hmm. Well... <laughs> There's been there's been a lot, and uh, let's just say that uh, it's not exactly ideas how much uh, people are actually uh, trying to emulate or replicate uh, different uh, kind of movie scenes and uh, or getting them by accident uh, within the game. So we're already having people using like engines to try and do the expanse like maneuvers flying across half a system <laughs> yes and they're actually doing it they're actually doing it oh my it's gosh. very difficult but uh, people are actually doing those things um i also had a lot of different suggestions especially for uh, the way communications are working uh, the scanners uh how a warp drive could be tweaked uh, generally, a lot of good suggestions, and uh, on occasion, it's pretty hard to actually keep track of all of these. Yeah, what are you using to keep track of them, like Trello or something? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's awesome that um, people are doing all these things to uh, to give you ideas. Like they're they're trying to break things. They're trying to you know, emulate things. That's, that's pretty great. Uh, Frank in uh, YouTube says that someone on the space engineers community team is regularly streaming your game. So that's a, I'd say that's a nice compliment. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, the the point is uh, there's not a a large number of games uh, which are focused to this extent on certain amount of realism within the game. Space Engineers will definitely be one of one of such games. Uh, but uh, generally, we've noticed that uh, most people who generally like Space Engineers are also interested in Hellion. And uh, the, the games are kind of different in uh, that sense, but they do offer a similar feel in a sense. Right. Uh, would you say there are any games uh, that uh, helped inspire Hellion? Uh, yes, in general, uh, one of the there are games that we used to play a lot, and a uh, few of the ideas, you know, for Hellion came. Uh, you've played uh, Faster Than Light, right? Oh, sure, yes. yeah, of course. Uh, well, one of the original ideas uh, behind Hellion was, uh, what would it look like if Faster Than Light was in first person, and everyone was like a member of a crew on board a ship? Yeah, that that 
There are some games that are attempting that as well, and 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 so far they've been pretty fun. So uh, I like that that is also the inspiration for this. Honestly, yeah. uh, we used uh, that and many other games as inspiration. Uh, most of the uh, guys from the office are uh, fans of space games in general, and uh, then we also have people who are fans of uh, traditional survival games uh, like Rust or Daisy and uh, Ark and every similar game uh, similar survival genre and we're basically drawing our inspiration from all of them we're just trying to put this uh, space feel space twist onto it because uh, so far as uh, very few people have actually tried to fully explore the uh, zero gravity mechanics and what look like right and again you guys have done the zero gravity thing quite well uh, I guess one suggestion I would have is maybe some kind of is this in the game maybe I shouldn't see it some kind of like tether you can attach to something so like when there's decompression you don't fly so far like a whip or something like that you know uh, so, that, that would be the shift key if I'm not mistaken you well can that hold that the shift you yeah, open up the door and yeah then you that, don't fly away right but I would love something like you know that we've uh, you know that we've just- uh, reduce the force of decompression. Oh God! Really? The doors. <laughs> oh no! It I don't was even... worse. I recall that. Yes. Oh Jesus! Because now I was thinking something like if you do get blown out, something you can like lasso to something nearby. Like I don't know, some kind of grappling. Maybe this isn't realistic, but some kind of like just cause style grappling hook. You know, <laughs> I can just grapple to something and not fly off. A million miles away. Magnetic tethers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've had a lot of suggestions uh, like this uh, coming from the community, and uh, we are still uh, working on, uh, how should I put it, making it a little bit friendlier, especially for new players, you know, easier to get their bearings inside zero in zero gravity, because uh, generally the motion is a lot different compared to most other games. It really is. But we are considering a few options, and we'll still see if they're going to get implemented or if we're simply going to rework a few features, you know, to make at least the initial experience for players a little bit more um, pleasant. Should we put it like maybe have a, like maybe have a newbie server or a couple of newbie servers so new players could like and maybe I don't know if Unity could do bots maybe have a bot take them through zero G training you know something like that uh, because yeah I was you could I don't know if you're watching the video but I was flailing around like uh, I was having a spasm because I had no idea what I was doing. Yep, I noticed. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's probably embarrassing. Uh, hopefully more so for me than for your game. <laughs> oh, well, in general, you know, uh, we've had uh, videos, you know, that fared better, videos that fared worse. I can't imagine anyone doing much worse than I did. I mean, unless someone, like, two minutes in, what is, oh, what does putting up your helmet do? Oh, like, that's the only way I could really see. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Archangel actually on uh, Twitch, Archangel actually there is a command where you hold the, like like Spaz was saying, you hold the shift door, you hold the shift button, and apparently that is supposed to like have your character hold onto like a, a wall or something while the door opens. But I never remembered to use it, and I think the one time I did, I probably didn't use it close enough to a wall. So, 
So yeah, you have the option to uh, when you're in space, when you're in zero gravity and uh, flying around, you can uh, use shift to stabilize your rotation. It's not going to stabilize your um, linear motion, but it's going to stabilize your rotation relative to an. Though, as as mentioned, you can hold shift when you are near doors or near the hull of a station, and your character will like automatically grab onto it. So, um, since this is a multiplayer game, uh, are there going to be any kinds of uh, things you can implement so people won't just be a dick to each other and like, oh, I'm just going to ruin your station or I'm just going to throw you out an airlock? Uh, or is that the kind of thing that you want people to be able to do? You know what I mean? Like, are well, there going to be like server options, you know, that sort of thing? Uh, it's kind of uh, something that we originally kind of envisioned for Hellion. We didn't want to put any like AI or proper PVE kind of encounters. We wanted to rely entirely on uh, multiplayer interaction between other players. But uh, considering the uh, difficulty and the general learning curve that uh, the game has, uh, we're looking at a lot more people are actually grouping up to just play together and try to survive together because uh, doing so in a team is a lot easier than trying to pull it off solo. And uh, we don't have too many people briefing other people out there, although it still does happen. So our general idea is that there was no AI, no PVE or anything. However, somewhere along the way, we decided to implement the automated sentries. Uh, their primary purpose was to make space exploration a little bit more dangerous. So when you encounter like a derelict cluster, there's also a chance that a turret may come online and attack you. But primarily, uh, they were put in to allow players to better secure their stations from potential looters and raiders. But uh, the, the entire concept of uh, automated turrets as kind of AI opponents uh, was pretty well received. And uh, it's kind of started started us thinking so i can't say exactly you know uh which way the ai you know or um these things are going to go but uh, we're definitely experimenting with them and we'll of course put it through the community approval before we decide you know to implement any such uh, sort of a mechanic in the game but the feedback so far regarding tourists for example was uh, overwhelmingly overwhelmingly positive That's good. Uh, oh, no. Now, are you using uh, Photon for your multiplayer? Uh, excuse me? <laughs> are you using the... Uh, the I, I was wondering what service you were using for for your hosting. Uh, is, second, uh, I'll just have to check correctly with one of my colleagues. Sure. Uh, what is for folks who don't know like me? What is that? So, uh, Photon is actually the the, the uh, cloud based server hosting that that we use with Quintet, and so it allows you to have servers all over the world, but you don't actually have to physically own the server. You, you just rent the servers out. Now, I was taking a guess that it was Photon because it looked like the Photon server browser that. Uh, that not that we specifically use, but that other games have used. In general, yes, we are uh, we are generally renting uh, servers, and uh, in general, uh, let me just check with my colleague what he said. 
Uh, is that like an Amazon thing? The thing? Um, it's it's uh, yeah. Photon Photon is uh, it's all cloud based. So you can have say uh, a US West, US East server, or just a US server that covers both. Uh, there are servers in Europe, Asia. Uh, you can have a Australia server, that sort of thing, and you just rent by by location. Oh, okay. Um, we are definitely using uh, like server hosting, uh, but uh, we are not using uh, cloud-based uh, architecture, cloud-based servers uh, because it's a Windows game after all. So. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and and a follow-up on that would be: Is there any sort of plan for uh, privately host servers? Not necessarily. Uh, user hosted but a friends only sort of server that that i could say invite my four friends to and then they all join and we play together without having to worry about other people joining on yes uh, this is something that we already have implemented the there was a lot of requests. Uh, initially, we just wanted to go with public servers, you know, or allow uh, other players to like rent their own servers. But in the end, we went with uh, the ability to allow uh, players to lift uh, to activate their own servers, so they can install a server client. They can uh, start. They can run a server on off their own computer and uh, set a password protected. It is visible on the uh, community based server list. But if you put a password, you can only invite you know like friends that you want to play with and a lot of people are already doing that and uh, they're setting up their own servers they're also setting up uh, they're playing with kind of modding the game to a certain degree you know changing some of the uh, mechanics and rules okay great uh we do have a question from uh youtube something about uh fixing the locking system are there any plans to fix the locking system, is the question. Uh, yeah, uh, at some point, uh, we uh, decided to implement the uh, security option uh, into the game that would allow uh, players to actually uh, secure their station in a better way. And uh, so far, these glitches slide that showed up have been fixed. Next updates. And the uh, we're going to work on a full system that will allow you to lock down like your station completely. Oh, that's pretty great. So how uh, how do you get uh, pieces to build stations? Do you craft them? I mean, how does how does station building happen? Uh, what we're uh, the system is uh, you find uh, these. Uh, they're like clusters. Uh, when you get into your ship, you do a scan, and it's going to show you nearby objects with the, uh, in the orbits around you. So you go to these locations, and mostly you will find like broken down derelicts that you can do very little with. But you can also find like full station models modules that you can grab with your ship and then tow them back to your base. Then you use these modules to basically as building blocks to create a station. Oh wow! So different people can make different stations, and are they like different? Are they the same for every server or every instance? Are they uh, they uh, are they uh, procedurally generated? Like how does how does the derelict stuff work out? 
Uh, they're procedurally generated, uh, and we have a uh, rather complex system that uh, governs how these modules are spawned, where they're spawned, in which orbits, etc. They're mostly random, but we do have as a, uh, how would you put it, like a spawn chance for both the items that spawn in them and the modules themselves. They also respawn after a while in case your station is lost or you just can't find the model module that you're looking for. And the loot is also distributed differently across different planets. So going to certain planets and certain moons will provide a higher chance of finding like military loot or something for your crew quarters or say a drill or mining canisters, etc. Oh, that's pretty awesome, actually. So people can, they're going to be all, di- all different types of stations all over the place, it sounds like, that people can make. Uh, and yeah, we still- already have some pretty interesting orbital architecture going on with people connecting uh, many different modules and trying out different layouts, etc. And is there, I, I didn't get to see it, but is there like a separate building interface for uh, locking, um, locking these, all this stuff together? Uh, no, not really. What you do is uh, each module, each module that is uh, floating out there has like this uh, RCS system on it that allows you to access it and then you can pilot it in a similar way that you pilot a ship or move your character around. So what you need to do is uh, do a proper alignment approach with the module. And uh, once you get it close enough, the uh, clamps connect and you simply add it like that. So the building process is a lot more engaging. Oh, so it's like you're actually docking each piece of the station yourself. Exactly. Oh, that that actually does sound a lot more engaging. A little more time-consuming, but it's... I would I would think it's probably more satisfying in the end than just a drag and drop type of system that a lot of uh building games implement. That that sounds awesome actually. We actually wanted to put uh, our focus on a little bit more of like realism uh rather than um which you described like uh, drag and drop systems. So the idea was to immerse the player into this world. And uh, once you connect multiple modules by yourself or with a few friends, there is a sense of actually achieving something because it takes a lot of skill to successfully dock either a ship or a module. It takes a lot of practice, you know, until you can do it like in a heartbeat. Yeah. I I can only imagine that probably takes a lot of practice because just flailing about in a suit, (laughs) <laughs> like as you see on the video would probably take a lot of practice to get down I mean the zero G stuff is just so th- so throws me off uh, but not a lot of games uh, implement like full zero G so was that tough to implement in Unity or was that easy because I don't really know Unity very well uh, but the zero G felt and I've never been in zero G but it felt realistic as I it felt like I would expect th- zero G to feel you know, so it it felt right. You know what I mean? Uh, so how hard was that to implement? Well, in general, uh, implementing, uh, as far as I know, uh, from the programming side wasn't too much of an issue to implement. The more bigger problem would be how to properly explain to the player what is happening or what's going on. We did a lot of work on the UI to actually allow players to get all the relevant information. But uh, we actually wanted to make like a fully realistic system. So uh, unlike other games where you, let's say you 
hold forward and your character moves forward at a steady speed. In Hellion, what happens is you're accelerating as long as you're holding a button pressed. So you need to manage your acceleration, you need to manage your deceleration, and uh, you need to watch your relative velocity to other objects. Because uh, the bigger problem here uh, was implementing the full orbital mechanics because uh, nothing in Hellion is static. Everything is constantly moving. Uh, During that video where you are flying around, both you, your station, and the ship that was near it are actually moving at a speed of about 25 kilometers per second on their orbit. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that actually does make a lot of sense. And, oh, it's... I was about to ask a question from someone on YouTube, but someone... I don't know if that's you or someone else, but someone already answered it, so... Never mind! Uh, apparently RCS is ha- was having an issue, but that's going to be fixed. Um, so, good. <laughs> Uh, so what are, uh, what, what are some of the, uh, next big things you plan to implement in your game in, say, the next few months, like, or the next few patches? What are, uh, some of the next big things you want to either fix or add? Uh, one thing that, uh, will be implemented, uh, over the course of the next, say, a month, uh, maybe two months at best, although I think it's going to be probably earlier, is going to be a full uh, like uh, hit point system for all the modules along with uh, damage and degradation and repairing for all these modules. It's going to be pretty basic once it comes in, but the idea is to test uh, how well it works within the game, you know, and uh, to see how community reacts to it. Uh, the idea is that uh, you need to actually repair your models because they will slowly degrade over time due to exposure to space radiation and other elements like extreme temperatures, etc. So repair and damage are going to come in first, and then we're going to build upon that system a little bit further once it actually goes live. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, oh, we have a we have a question from uh, Twitch. Can you move your station out of orbit? Uh, yes, you can move your station out of orbit. However, there is a limit to the uh, number of uh, docked modules that your ship can tow at once. Uh, so what you need to do is you need to disconnect your station. You've actually managed to do it quite a few times in the video by pulling those docking levers. So you undock, basically unconnect all the modules, and then you can dock them to your ship and use the ship to warp them or use the engines to change your orbit and go into a different orbit and then just tow the modules over there and reconnect the station on the spot. Okay, and there and you brought it up a couple times, but there is a warp uh, warp capability in the game? Uh, yes. Uh, one of the reasons uh, why we had to implement warp is uh, because of the realistic distances that we put into Hellion. Uh, Using engines, basically, many people have requested features that would be pretty close to, like, uh, KSP or Kerbal Space Program. Unfortunately, (laughs) as a a multiplayer game, we do have an issue with that uh, because uh, most games that have realistic, fully realistic orbital mechanics and traditional space flight uh, have some form of a time acceleration mechanic, which only works in single-player games. Uh, these maneuvers are kind of possible at this point, but we use warp to basically cut down on the time it would take to travel between two planets or two moons, etc. That is one of the primary reasons the warp is in the game. 
No, that makes sense. I mean, you could either do that or some kind of time acceleration thing where, like, you know, hit a fast-forward button and two days pass or something. But, you know, warp, I mean, warp, I'm sure, is just as fine. Uh, oh, well, you can't really push a button and fast-forward time for two days in a multiplayer game. Oh, God, that's right. It's multiplayer. I'm sorry. That makes total sense. Um, yeah, it, it works in something like Pulsar where everybody's on the same ship. Right. And then you're all warping together. God. I'm sorry, yeah, a, you're absolutely a, right. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're absolutely right. Uh, we have another question. Will there be asteroid fields, and can you set stations on asteroids? Uh, there are asteroids in the game uh, at this point. They're usually in uh, very wide orbits around massive planets like gas giants. Uh, however, uh, the asteroid fields are not exactly in the game in that sense. Uh, for now, we have like... Uh, asteroids on uh, pretty much stable orbits around planets. There are some uh, thoughts about implementing uh, something that would resemble like a traditional movie, movie-like asteroid field, asteroid field. Uh, but uh, they won't be, uh, these things won't be coming into the game um, uh, anytime soon because we still need to work heavily on the optimization uh, to further improve the frame rate before we actually decide to tackle something like that. And, and you guys have done a great job uh, with the frame rate. Would you say that uh, the optimization is the biggest challenge you guys have to deal with right now? Uh, in a sense, uh, yes. Uh, it is proving like pretty difficult uh, to properly and correctly optimize um, many of the uh, aspects of the game. And this is basically what's taking a lot of that's what our a lot of that well all of our sorry, a lot of our efforts went into over the course of the past few months. Yeah, like I said, you can definitely tell because like it's not like last time it was herky jerky and this time it's totally not herky jerky. Uh so let's see. What would you say is the most complicated thing about getting a game like this to run? Is it the orbital mechanics? Is it getting the all the different systems working together, like life support and energy and stuff like that? Because this, uh, this is a very complex game and so I'm just... And so there's got to be a lot of moving parts and I'm just wondering what the toughest parts uh, are to get moving together. Yeah, one of the, uh, one of the uh, biggest issues that uh, comes from it is, as you mentioned, the full orbital mechanics because... Uh, we need to know the position of each and every object at every time, and it needs to be calculated in real time over the server. So the objects in different orbits can properly sync. Uh, the problem here is that uh, in most games, when you have like a static map where the players are standing, this does not pose a problem. However, let's say that uh, character A desyncs compared to character B for just a few seconds, and at that point... They are all move. They are both moving at incredible orbiting speeds. So let's say you lag for a single second. The position does not update correctly, and you will find yourself like ten kilometers away. Ugh. <laughs> uh, that, that's probably so, ter- that's probably terrifying. <laughs> that would basically be one of the um, one of the largest issues that we're handling right now is uh, the orbital mechanics itself and uh, properly syncing all syncing everything happening on the server in real time so yeah that that oh yeah especially since it's multiplayer but i yeah that probably has its own uh layer of complication making sure everything is in sync with other people 
Yeah, it sounds like you guys have an amazing juggling act here. <laughs> Just yeah, well, it, it, it's never boring over here in the studio. So yeah, and I'd I imagine not. And and I saw that there are uh, weapons in the game. Is it like one shot, one kill type of thing? Like you you hold someone and their and their uh, suit explodes, or can their suit like s- seal itself up? And maybe they uh, have to get to a, a med kit or something before someone else dies. I mean, how does how does combat work in this? Well, uh, we decided to go with um, let's call them automatically sealing suits because we honestly did not want to go with like being one hundred percent realistic, where one bullet would like rip your suit and you would suffocate. So uh, basically, it's not one shot, one kill. You have different weapons that all have a uh, different uh, damage. That can do, and uh, some have better recoil, some have worse, etc. But uh, the only weapon that I can think of that is like a one shot, one kill would be the Lance Sniper Rifle, which is kind of rare to find in the game. But in general, uh, when you do manage to find a player uh, or try to board his ship in this, uh, in this sense, ship or a station, you are in for a pretty interesting uh, showdown if both players are into it basically we also had a few videos some people are playing like cooperatively building their bases working together and we've also had a few very interesting videos being uploaded of some pretty intense boarding action between two players three players or more man that that does kind of sound awesome <laughs> oh and you do have uh, you do have med packs uh, in game that you can use you heal yourself in case you get shot at or punch a wall due to decompression, etc. So, I have to ask about the balancing act because of, we've talked about warp drive, we've talked about the self-sealing suits and whatnot. I have to ask about the balancing act you guys are trying to strive between full-on realism and playability with the warp drive, with the self-sealing suits. Like, How difficult is it to walk that line between making it really, really really realistic, that's hard to say, really realistic, but still playable and fun from a science fiction perspective. Uh, we're trying we're, we're trying to maintain a certain dose of realism, but uh, we do not want to let realism interfere with the gameplay. Uh, realism is there to add to the gameplay, to add to the immersion of the game, and uh, certain things, uh, if they had been done like fully realistic they would we believe it would take a lot from the gameplay and make uh, turn the game like uh, from something that is fun to do into something that is actually tiresome and that's one thing we're trying to avoid so it is a fine line that we're trying to walk between realism immersion and gameplay but uh, gameplay will always take precedent over full realism at least in our case yeah, that, that's well. You want to yeah. be a game, not a simulator, specifically. Exactly. Yeah that 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 sounds like a, that sounds like a really good attitude because I can only imagine like you still want to stay realistic, but all these people want laser guns and things and phasers. It's like nope, <laughs> we're, we're we're trying to be somewhat realistic but still fun. <laughs> so it's I can only imagine that temptation though to go like full Star Trek sometimes, you know. Yeah, well, uh, we do have this uh, kind of like uh, low-tech setting that we uh, wanted to do. So Hellion would basically have the technology like similar to what we're using today, just kind of accelerated like 
maybe century or two into the future at best. That is the idea that we wanted to go with, uh, not have teleports, uh, not have like laser weapons, shields, or uh, different kinds of like that. We simply wanted, we wanted to make it feel a little bit more, um, what I put it, uh, down to it, closer to our time today than it, let's say, Star Trek. Uh, so we're we're probably going to maintain that kind of uh, align along with the game as we go further with the development process. And uh, oh man, I just had a question and it totally left my head. <laughs> uh, oh, well, oops. Last one. go ahead. No, uh, so basically, is it like because you're only going a century in the future? So is it tough to like? balance like what we might have in a hundred years with what we have now like because you don't want to go too far ahead and again say we have laser guns but you you'll want to be future enough to still feel like science fiction is that a tough balancing act yes well uh there's a lot of uh let's say uh series and sci-fi novels that uh can serve as a great source of inspiration when um, designing like the lore setting for the game. But the Hellion is actually a little bit further into the future. We're talking about uh, year, let's say, uh, 24th century is when things are happening. But uh, the travel and everything took its toll. And uh, the idea is to create a believable environment you know and we are always working on trying to kind of uh, base what we are putting into the game at least from the lore perspective to base it on some of the principles we already have it have it today on earth so for example the engines are uh, basically working in a way like fusion torch engines then we have the warp drive that is based on uh, the warp drive that nasa was working on and trying to experiment with the RCS thrusters use the mechanics that we already have existing on uh, the ISS and in the space program in general, they just use a different type of fuel that they are experimenting like this. Uh, The weapons in game would basically be rail guns, the concept that already exists, just miniaturized and generally things like that. Yeah. See, that sounds much more like realistic, like in like you're going into the like, expanse type of direction rather than the Star Trek like direction. There's definitely room for that, more room for that in science fiction because it feels like a lot more people go the uh, the Star Trek route which is probably a little easier because uh, you don't have to worry about it because that's kind of almost fantasy, really if you think about it. You know, the transporters. Well, science are- fiction and science, science fantasy. Yes, we're generally uh, really big fans of the expanse series over at the studio and uh, we were really surprised when we saw the show come out and uh, it's a pretty pretty awesome show and it actually kind of uh, showed certain things you know how they could be done because it's a really really well done really well written show and as I said we're huge fans of it yeah I don't see how anyone couldn't be I mean uh, just a side note it took a while for me to get on board because I read all the books and the casting like totally threw me off like this is <laughs> not this is not how oh yeah oh you're the same as you like this is not how I saw most of these people in my head like the one I felt that got closest was Naomi and uh and the rest of them were like that's not how I thought Alex would look and definitely not how I thought Holden would look but uh so it took like five or six episodes 
<laughs> for me to get on board with them. But um, especially the guy that plays Amos, I think he nailed it first for me. Um, I think he did a great job. Um, but now, I mean, I still have to finish season two. But uh, oh, and the guy that got to play Miller, um, Thomas Jane, yeah, he was perfect, utterly, oh yeah, oh, utter- yeah. utterly, utterly, utterly perfect as Miller, like totally a hundred percent. But yeah, everyone else is like, what? So yeah, uh, guys, if you guys haven't seen The Expanse and you're watching a space game podcast, you should go watch The Expanse. I, I mean, seriously, read the books too. The books are. Amazing! Like the show is really good, the books are incredible. Oh my god! Have you read all of them? Have you read? Are you caught up? Uh, I've read most of them. I'm still kind of uh, waiting on uh, reading the last one because I have that funny feeling, you know, that once I read it, what am I going to read next? Uh, they just released a small novella that uh, that takes place, I think, after the uh, the the most recent larger la- larger novel. So uh, that I still have to read that, but that's something. So, uh, uh, yeah, but I've I've read like every bit of the Expanse except for that one novella. That, uh, <laughs> and I I totally feel you. Like once you're done, you're like oh, oh, <laughs> you know. It's like I want more. Exactly. I want more right now. <laughs> yeah, well, personally, I'm a big fan of uh, hard science fiction, so I read a lot of different things. But The Expanse is definitely one of the novels that really surprised me because they really tried to put it like really down to earth. And as Spaz mentioned, it did remind me a lot of the planets, Planetus anime. What is the name of that anime? I think it's Planetus, something like yeah. that. Yeah, it is. Planetus? Well, uh, the way it's spelled is Planet E-S. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, you were explaining it before the um, before the show, so uh, could you explain it to the folks who are listening now who didn't didn't hear the explainer? So, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Spaz, you go ahead. Well, the, the idea is that, that uh, salvage teams are in our far future, going around our Earth's orbit and collecting all of the garbage that's out there from all the derelict space stations, because all of that, all of that debris traveling at very high speeds in our orbit can be very devastating to whatever it happens to hit. And that's generally something that uh, players do in Hellion without really realizing. So you go to a cluster of derelicts, you pick up a few models that you need, you know, they, you take them to your base, so you're making Universe a safer place, actually. <laughs> or or if you're playing a pirate, then it's less safe for everybody else, but still. Everyone's doing their part, even the pirates. Now, is there a, way, is there a way you could say uh, th- throw a, a piece of uh, like a piece of a station into another piece of a station? Like, is there... That capability, like, say, I wanted to be a real asshole and and take a take a dere- piece of a derelict and say, I don't like that guy's station over there, and tractor it and hurl it at that other station. You know, 
Could you do uh, that? Well, I did mention that we're implementing a full damage mechanics and repair mechanics. Uh, that's probably going to come along with collision Ooh. mechanics. So, yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon. Okay. I got to say, that's one of my favorite things about these sort of sci-fi things is like, oh, things crashing into other things and causing all kinds of problems. I kind of love that. So I'm really excited to hear that. <laughs> well, considering that we have like uh, full Newtonian mechanics over there and that we don't really have a uh, upper speed cap within the game. Oh, no. would kind of break realism. And your engines are – the engines of a ship are pretty powerful. The RCS is manageable, but engines, they're pretty powerful. So you can achieve some pretty crazy speeds like in a minute or something like that. So, Oh, man. So, yeah, I would love to, like, just once be a dick and get a piece of a derelict and, like, find a a buddy station and hurl it into that station and totally ruin their day. That just sounds so much fun to me. There's also another thing you can do without, like, hurling objects at him, which you can basically do is dock to a person station, align it, you know, like you would like, and then use your engines to deorbit it and just let it crash in a few days. <laughs> That's great. Oh. And since the game is persistent, it can happen while the person's offline, if they're offline oh, yeah. for a few days. Oh, that's evil, and I love it. <laughs> Although, as I said, you know, it's going to take some time, because uh, even if you, like, fully deorbit the station around the gas giant, it's still going to take it some time before it actually crashes into the planet. So a person can still kind of come online and try to save his station. I can't imagine that'd be easy. You know, you're applying reverse thrust and whatnot. I can't imagine that'd be easy if you if you hurl it fast enough. Yeah, it happened a few times, uh, even to you guys over here at the studio while we're playing. Uh, let's say that we miscalculate our warp course and the warp drops us at a very close proximity to a planet or a moon, and then it's like, okay, okay, where are the engines? Where are the engines? How am I, am I going to miss it? Am I going to miss it? No. Too bad. <laughs> That's... I kind of nice. love how those kind of mistakes can happen. That is great, because that's where the stories come from, is, is crazy stuff like that. Well, in general, uh, a lot of the stories uh, that we have, as I said, we have a pretty active community there, and people have started uh, sharing their adventures, especially with other players, and turning them into real stories, and those are always very fun to read through. And uh, we have all different kinds of uh, gameplay coming out of it, uh, with systems malfunctioning, or someone accidentally, like, uh, depressurizing a station, and then, like, someone not having a suit who now has to stay inside his cryopod until people go out to bring him a new suit and stuff like that. It's pretty, it can get pretty interesting, especially when it starts when, by someone making a mistake. That, that is pretty great. That is pretty great. Because this is the kind of environment where you want to make no mistakes. Because a little tiny mistake can get you killed. Uh, so that is, that is pretty great. <laughs> I, I just sorry go ahead it's it's general you know uh if you do everything by the book the game is fun however if you're playing with others and you start making mistakes either deliberately or accidentally that's when things get really messed up and then it really becomes a struggle for survival you know to why did you vent that 
we, we don't have enough oxygen. Okay, we need to get new oxygen. So then you're transferring your oxygen from your ship to the station. You're refilling your suit with just a little bit. So then you're trying to equalize the pressure between the rooms so it's just barely breathable and things like that. So say, you know, uh, when someone does make a mistake, it can actually create a really good adventure. Yeah, I mean, things don't always go well in movies or also be the most boring movie in the world. <laughs> like, everything went great. Oh, okay. There's no conflict? Oh. <laughs> Fine. Uh, but this sounds like... Um, this sounds like a great chaos simulator as well, and that, to me, sounds the most fun. Like, I, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I kind of want to be that guy that kind of goes in and, and just... Oh, I'm just going to decompress these few airlocks and start the station moving. That, that would be me. <laughs> Oops. Uh, we do have a question. Uh, someone, uh, Timothy Scott over on YouTube asks when the next patch will drop. We're expecting the uh, next patch to drop. It's probably going to drop this week, around Thursday. We've uh, moved our uh, update schedule Recently, from a two-week period, we've moved it over to a month period as it gives us more time, you know, to properly test and implement new features that we're adding. And it also allows uh, more time for the players to actually enjoy building their stations and playing because with each new update, we are still doing, like, uh, server wipes after a certain period of time. So now we're on a, what you could call it, a monthly cycle. Uh, that we're doing, and uh, yes, uh, we expect the next patch to be ready and deployed on Thursday this week. Okay, that's pretty great. So yeah, a month sounds very reasonable for a game with this many moving parts, especially since it's a multiplayer game. That sounds totally reasonable, uh, especially because, again, you got to do the server wipes. Now, uh, when you finally hit 1.0, are you going to do like one last server wipe, or are you going to let people keep like stuff they had in beta? Like, Do you have any plan for that? Uh, we're possibly going to. I, I'm. I'm still not sure. But uh, coming, you know, from um, our perspective, you know, and we would like to once the game finally goes live, as you said, we hit version 1.0. Uh, we would probably want to give all the players, you know, equal starting opportunity. Of course, when they start the game fresh. Of course, those who played before, those who have been. That stayed with us through the early access period and everything will, of course, have all of their experience with them, and they will kind of have a head start uh, compared to other players. But we would probably like to give uh, everyone an equal opportunity. No, that, that totally makes sense. I mean, I know some games like if you get in the beta, you can keep your stuff once you go live. Um, but from but for a game like this, it makes sense to have everyone start on equal footing. Because there's just well, so the, I would say the experience is more valuable than a head start because this is true. This if is you true. know what you're doing, you're going to have that head start and you'll have a better chance of getting getting what you need when you need it. In general, what we uh, have happening often is uh, new players join to a server, you know, and they start going to the chat like, how, how do I do this? Uh, or how do I do that? And then usually what happens is uh, someone with more experience, you know, who's been playing the game for the last few months and knows his ways in and way out, you know, would usually invite the person or request an invite to spawn with him in a cryo chamber. And then uh, they kind of act as veterans 
guiding those uh, freshly started you know throughout the game and uh, that experience is pretty fun i've also uh, done it a couple of times you know helping people who are uh, new to the game you know and uh, it definitely helps uh, new players uh, adapt a little better to the uh, to the uh, how would how would I put it the difficulty of the game and it smoothens out a little the learning curve because having someone show you how to do it properly goes a long way into actually helping you to figure out how to properly move in zero g or how the systems work or how to plot the warp course etc. It's a completely different experience uh, compared to let's say playing solo completely. Yeah, anyone can read a guide, but it actually takes skill to teach another player how to do what you know. And regarding those possible mistakes, it also helps a lot that if you make a mistake, there is someone out there to actually help you. Right, because they may not know what they did wrong that caused everything to decompress. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that's one of the common things that happens when people just kind of go and open the doors and go out. Pressure is actually one of the mechanics that uh, you don't get to see often in games and we've decided to implement it like right from the start. So not only lack of oxygen is not the only problem or the only thing that's going to kill you. Pressure is also equally important and managing it has become an integral part of the gameplay. Right. Uh, speaking of that, uh, you have components that will degrade like the air filters will have had, you know, the air filter has a couple of components to that, which can degrade over time. So you have to go to other derelicts and find replacement parts. Will there be any sort of way to manufacture those parts yourself if you need to? Uh, for now, we are rely- uh, for now, these uh, parts and replacement parts for different systems are, uh, can only be found. Now, there are plans to uh, add the ability to players to kind of make replacements for themselves, but uh, this is still um, in development, so I would rather refrain, you know, on uh, talking too much about it until we have a proper system, you know, and it's properly tested and properly implemented. But for now, uh, players go around, you know, uh, they can, uh, you find many different derelicts floating around, you go find the parts that you need, you replace them. Also, the the entire system management part is uh, still undergoing some changes and rework. Uh, So in the future, the system is going to get a lot more, uh, how to put it, uh, a little bit more complex, but also uh, more user-friendly. It will be easier for players to understand what is happening. Uh, We're we're reworking the UI to do exactly that, to always provide... uh, the necessary information for the player at all, at any time. So if you want to know what the system does, it needs to be apparent to the player. And that is one of the complaints that we received uh, from our users, uh, from our community. And we are working on making information more accessible to the players where they need it, when they need it. It's great. It's great to hear. Yeah, that sounds super important. Well, we got to start wrapping up. Uh but I, I think we've uh, I think we've hit all the points I wanted to hit. Uh, Spaz, is there anything? Uh... No, same, same. Okay, good. Uh, so uh, Milos, I'm gonna try. Did I sit? Uh, okay, I think I said it right. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to us uh, about Hellion, uh, folks. The game is Hellion. Um, how much is it going for on Steam? Is it about twenty bucks? I think. Yeah, something like that. Twenty bucks. Uh, it is a space survival game. It is in alpha right now. 
Uh, so there's a lot uh, coming, a lot of work to do. But uh, if you can see from my video, it already seems fairly... I don't know if the complete's the right word, but it it feels pretty... Se- it, it runs well. It already feels like it's got a lot in there already. Um, there's a lot more to do, clearly, but there's... Um, there's quite a there's quite a bit here that if you're into survival, and uh, and whatnot, there's a lot to like I think here. Uh, so yeah, definitely check it out. And uh, just a couple of programming notes. Uh, this uh, Thursday, we are going to be playing Hell Divers. Uh, that is what the wheel chose for last week. So that's going to be on the land party on Thursday, and then next week uh, for the show. Uh, we are going to be welcoming. Uh, we're doing another morning show next week uh, because we are welcoming the developers of Interstellar Space Genesis, uh, the um, the four X game from the folks at the former space news site Space Sector. Uh, they're now making a um, a Master of Orion homage clone thing, Master of Orion two clone thing, and. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. It's actually really good, based on why I've played at the Alpha so far. So that's next week on the show. Uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, watching and uh, listening. And if you haven't, please subscribe, like, join us on Discord, on Facebook. Uh, we have very active communities, and you're more than welcome to stop by. We love games. We love talking about games. So please stop by. And again, Milos, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, talk to us today. Your game looks awesome, and you can definitely tell there's a lot of love and passion about not just the way you talk about it, but just in the game in general, you can tell this is definitely a labor of love. So uh, thank you for making it and jo- for joining us today. Hey, it was my pleasure. It was great being here and having this conversation. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, Spaz, thank you, as always, for being an awesome co-host. And folks, we will see you next week. Have a great day, y'all. Bye-bye. <laughs>